Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That is our goal here every single day, and I think we are achieving it. Don't you think, Queens? Agree. Agree. All right. Our quote of the day, your life is not run by a committee and everyone does not get an equal vote. Your life is exactly that. Your life. And that is from Lisa Bilio, the author of Radical Confidence. She's a friend and she is in studio today talking all about her new book, 10 No BS Lessons on Becoming the Hero of Your Own Life. I love this book. I think this is such a wonderful, um, well-written tale of her life and how she grew her confidence, how she went from housewife to, you know, empire builder. Um, I, I just, I found her so inspiring and so relatable. Yeah. I right? really, I really loved how she broke it down. It was very easy to digest. I think sometimes these books can be overwhelming to people because it's just so much info, but it was relatable. It was funny. It was, I I just really liked it. I really liked it. It Well, you really got to see her build, right? right? And I can tell that she really wrote this without a ghostwriter or anybody. Oh, it's her voice. It's her voice 100%. And, you know, she, she talks about how she felt like she wasn't bright and how she couldn't do anything and she wasn't capable of a lot and just the little building blocks that she, you know, one foot in front of the other, one little step by one little step. So if you're in that lost space and you don't know how to kind of find your confidence and, and build it so that you can do the things that you want to do, read this book because I really think it's, it's, uh, one of the best I've ever read for that. I really do. Wow. I yeah. think that that is a huge compliment. Yeah. I don't it's throw true, bouquets, no, people. You don't. I mean, I love a lot of things. If I love it, I love yeah. it. And that's, by the way, every day I'm going to love something because it's the only things I'm going to put on here. Yeah. But, you know, she had so much in here. Her graphs and stuff she has in there, too, are so great. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's easy 
to digest. And that is my like main thing, I think, with these self-help books. You know, it's funny. So I got Kelsey's book. Did we only get one copy? Yeah, we got one. <laughs> so it's so funny to see how different we are with how we read books. So Kelsey will underline some things, but then it's like, well, how does she know where in the book it is? She doesn't dog ear pages. But then I realized sometimes she dog ears from the bottom. I dog ear from, do the, from top. the top. Oh, funny. I've never in my life seen someone do it from the bottom. I do it from the bottom because if I do it from the top, that's where I think I stopped reading. From the bottom, I know it's a note to me. Can we go to Queen Pooja? Pooji. How do you dog ear? Yeah, I've never heard from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like that like Thank system. You. Like the top is like, okay, this is my page. And the right. bottom is, is this is a, a little reminder. Right, right. That's cute. Thank yeah. you. Maybe I'll borrow it was, that. <laughs> it was really interesting. I loved it. Um, you know, she also is of Greek descent and we had very similar, uh, experiences with that, but she's full of so much really great advice. And like I said, sometimes when you see someone's finished product, you're like, okay, but how can I do this? Right. Her and her husband literally sold quest bars. They're, their um their company for a billion dollars maybe more i don't uh-huh. remember it was at least a billion oh yeah so you're like well how how can i do that and you're when you're at the bottom you're in such a low vibration mm-hmm. and by the way that's something really important to remember if you are having those kind of negative feelings um about you about others you're in a low vibration like just announce it and know it and think well do i want to be in a low vibration but we don't really make that connection mm-hmm. sometimes so when I feel like I'm not doing well now, I'm like, oh, low vibration. Oh, I don't want to be in a low vibration. I want to be in a high vibration. So what do I have to do to get to a high vibration? Okay, I'm going to meditate. And if the first meditation doesn't work, I'm doing another one. And I'm going to get myself there. I'm going to go sniff my like flowers. That. I'm going to do whatever it takes to raise my vibration. And when I'm in a high vibration, I'm not judgmental. Mm. So there are people Kevin will bring up. And I'm like, Kev, they just don't know any better. They're so limited. Like I, I can see. Oh, I like that distinction so much better. Yeah, and I can have so much more empathy for people mm. when I'm in a high vibration. I really try to stay in that state, but, um, but when it's um, when you're in a low vibration, everything's going to come out like that. Right. So she talks about, um, you know, so much of that in here. Uh, like in life, just like in dinner, you, you get what you ask for. (laughs) You know, a lot of us don't ask for things, right? Or we always say like, well, what do you want to do? And then they tell you what they want to do. And then you're like, (laughs) but it's not their fault. (laughs) You asked, 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 they told you, she gives examples of her husband in here. Like she would always say, well, where do you want to eat? And he'd be like, Hard Rock Cafe. And the next day, where do you want to eat? Hard Rock Cafe. And she was like, well, I can't do it anymore. Can we please have Italian? And he was like, honey, of course we can have Italian. You just asked me what I want to do every time. So I told you what I wanted. Yeah, that's where the the resentment builds, right? Mm -hmm. When you don't start speaking and it's all just bottled up in here. And then, yeah, you build resentment. And it's like, poor Tom, he was just answering your question. That's it. Just answering the question. And so... um, there's a lot of really, really things. How to uh, list out the dream killers. Ooh. Um, go through the list of dream killers with her is what I wrote here. So we're going to go through that. Um, you know, She talks about her third dream killer was never giving her dream a deadline. When I was reading this page, Ooh. I felt so much Kevin vibes, right? Because Kevin has never really gone after... Well, he has and has had difficulty, but like... He's in that place where he's trying to refine his dreams. And so I was like, ooh, this is going to be such a good episode for him. 
Anyhow, friends, without further ado, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get a quick COVID test in between. (laughs) (laughs) She's not lying. She actually will be doing that. The COVID officer is outside waiting for me. So I'm going to do a little COVID test. We're going to get Lisa in studio and we will be right back with what is sure to be an amazing uh, episode on how to get radically confident. Yes. Build your growth mindset, build your confidence and so much more. We'll be right back. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. A, I'm obsessed with the book. I was just telling everyone how much I loved it. I hear your voice screaming off every page. I love your story. And I think it's so inspiring because I was telling the queens in the booth that a lot of times you hear, oh my God, I sold my company for a billion dollars. And you hear the person here at mm. the top already. And you just get so disenchanted and you're like, you're you're low, you're down in your sunken place. Thank you, Kanye, for that <laughs> reference for life. You're in your sunken place. You're like, well, but how? How am I ever going to get there? And if you read this book, it's almost like Lisa can be your like step-by-step because I'm watching your step-by-step, like little steps, like, Mm. okay, I'm going to do the mail for my company. I'm going to like from house cleaning to poop cleaning. I was like, okay, she's Kevin and (laughs) you know, the man behind the woman, the woman behind the man, right? That's what Kevin's done forever. And then just the little steps you did to build your confidence until you became like this gangster. So the gangster was always in there, which means we all have the gangster in us somewhere. We just haven't found her. I don't know if I agree with you. Really? Because here's the thing. I felt like I built my gangster. Ah. And I think that that's the difference. And the reason why actually part of me also thinks of what are the words that we can use and say to ourselves that encourage us to feel stronger feel stronger and so part of me goes if I go oh it's always been inside me there's almost something like oh and I haven't accessed it like there's almost like a disheartening to it but if I go Lisa you can build this you can absolutely start from scratch not have anything like no confidence at all and step by step you can freaking one day become gangster to your words and so that actually is really empowering so I kind of go to if I can frame it like that then it's like oh it's just building blocks so what's the foundation look like what does the first brick look like and then eventually you've built your beautiful house I like that I do think my favorite wrestler ever um, his his quote that I loved was something like, you know, it isn't about what you learned along the way. It's what you had inside of you to begin with. And I still believe mm. that you couldn't have dreamed those things without there being something in mm. there that said you could do it. 
That's interesting. With some, without some belief that there was some belonging that you didn't know how to get to. Because I think anyone who succeeds knows somehow, but is like, oh, that's never going to happen. Or how could that ever happen? But there's like all this weirdness because it's such a lofty goal that no one around you could ever understand. No one around you would ever attempt. So for me, when I look at JLo, she was a fly girl. She knew who she was going to be. Nobody else knew. And she didn't quite know probably how she was going to get there because you got to take a lot of different turns and add a lot of little spices and there's a lot of stuff that happens. But I think we all kind of no, but we don't know how. So that's fascinating because, yeah, you're talking about the power of belief, and I think you're 100% right. I was talking about more like the skill sets to build that, but mm-hmm. you're 100%. If you literally, if you don't believe it's possible, you're never going to try. Yeah. If you believe it's possible, like JLo or like you or myself, where it's like, I have no idea how I'm going to do it. Yes. I have no skill sets. Yeah. But you know what? I damn well believe that if I put the work in and work hard enough and I'm focused enough, I can do it. And it's that belief that you can that needs to start inside you 1000%. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because that was one of the parts in here where it was interesting, you were like, I'm just average. And I'm not saying this to be humble or whatever. I got to find the page, but um, I dog-eared so many pages in here. I'm totally average. And I'm not saying that to diminish myself in any way. I'm saying it because I've accomplished all of this without being born with an with an extraordinary spark. I don't have some wild intellect or unparalleled talent. I don't have insane confidence. I wish I did. It would have saved me years of beating myself up and feeling shitty about myself. But alas, nope, just ask any of my former teachers. (laughs) And it's such a a, um, inspiring thing, even though you are all of these amazing things and you are super talented and you are super smart. I think, again, it's there, but you have to cultivate it and you got to build it. So I think that's like a little distinction in there that's just so cool. Because you're such a good friend of mine, I can be really transparent with you. I still don't believe that. Mm. Really? Yeah. And I don't think I'm smart. It's definitely a... Lisa, I've been on calls with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm learning from you. Thank you. When I call you for help with the show, which by the way, we've mentioned her before on the show, but Lisa helped us so much in my sunken places when I was dealing with my mom. (laughs) Sorry. Don't apologize, honey. And you were smart (laughs) and you did help because you are. It's like, I just think you just are something, but you can build it and grow it and cultivate and make it better. But you have to start to believe it. I don't think you believed it about yourself. That's probably the the issue. Yeah. And this is one of these I've really thought about a lot. I used to get teased a lot. Um, I was put in a special class for the way that I held my pen, um, mildly dyslexic. So, you know, growing up and I was absolutely the less um, smart one. I'm not sure what words to use compared to my brother and sister. They were math whizzes. And so you do compare yourself. So growing up, I had that inside Mm. me of thinking that I wasn't the smart one. I was the one that was getting BCs. I actually showed Tom the other day because I found my my school results. I have all mine too. Do you really? I had like a D (laughs) and Tom looked at it and he's like, you got these and I'm like yeah babe like I'm not sure what you thought see he's shocked too yes he was shocked but but it was but actually that's interesting he was shocked mm. but to me because he knows you you're smart well let's actually talk about this then <laughs> I love this discussion I know I love challenges I love that I do too girl because here's the thing I always think about okay look 
there's a difference between someone just stroking your ego and someone actually being truthful, right? And so there are certain people in my life like you that I definitely take what you say as truth. So I really do take that in. But then the other other side is like, okay, where does that lead me? What is the mindset that I have now? And why actually is it hard for me to shift? And the truth is, is that part of me uses it as fuel, mm. right? When other people, we were talking about this, how many people don't believe in you? Maria? Yeah. How many people haven't believed in me? <laughs> I had a conversation with one of them this morning. I was like, well, here's the problem now. I believe in me. So we're going to have an issue. When I didn't believe in me, maybe that would have been different. Yeah. But how much of that becomes now a bit of a fuel for you? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Deep so, fuel. Yep. So I know my fuels and part of me knows that by repeating, as long as it doesn't become detrimental to my self-esteem, I need mm -hmm. to caveat that. But as long as it still pushes me, it's actually a mindset right now that still serves me. And I'm so goal-oriented. And I say, what am I trying to do? And what mindset do I have wrapped around it? And does this belief system serve me, yes or no? So going to, you know, Greek Orthodox, going to be a housewife, take care of my husband, I didn't even question if I could have another life. And when I started to analyze that belief system, I said, does this belief serve my goal of wanting to impact people, yes or no? And so that's when I broke my belief because I realized it wasn't serving what I was trying to do in life. And so this part that we're talking about, about like the skill sets that we have, mm -hmm. it's this driving force, like believing that I'm not good enough actually does push me to be better. Yeah, but that's your inspiration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it, so interesting. But- there is that fine line. And once upon a time as that young girl, the 14 year old that didn't believe in myself, that type of thinking would have been completely destructive. So I almost couldn't think of myself as being incapable because it would have broken me completely. So you didn't think you were, you did think you were. Yeah. But yeah. now, but now, yeah, you can look back and, and I can say I'm incapable. I might be incapable right now of doing something, mm -hmm. but now I know I can cultivate the skill in order to get there. Yeah. There's Whereas, a recipe. Yeah. So that mindset doesn't, isn't detrimental to me, but it was detrimental to me as a kid because I wouldn't have acted on it. Mm -hmm. It would have paralyzed me. So when we talk about like the internal voice and the words that we say to ourselves and does our mindset serve like what, who we try to be, like I really think about those little nuances that really do make a difference. Yeah. So cool. Who did you write this for? So... I always attach things to my heart because we all know money, success doesn't buy happiness. So what is that emotional heart string, the pull of the heart that's really going to get me to wake up every day and bust my butt to write this book? And I had to visualize it. And it really was one day that a 14-year-old girl would turn around and let's say someone challenges her. And she says, no, 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 I can do that because I've got radical confidence. But she doesn't even realize that I that Lisa Billu wrote a book called Radical Confidence because I've impacted culture and the belief system of young girls. Now, that's a freaking big, bold, audacious mm -hmm. goal to have. But to me, in same thing with Quest, it's when you create global change, it's when you actually impact culture. And how do you impact culture? It's the way we talk. Think of Beyonce. Beyonce, Boo, Boo Delicious didn't exist before Beyonce. Thank God. That's how I got through life. <laughs> 
I was very bootylicious. Now I'm like on the low end of bootylicious, but I don't know, girl. Your, super, your boot is pretty damn hot. <laughs> I was super bootylicious, and now like people are real bootylicious. But yeah, no, it's it's huge. That word didn't even exist, right? Mm-hmm. But then it became a way for women, especially who got. Um, bullied or teased for having big booties Mm -hmm. to now own it and feel freaking good about it and so the word confidence becomes this word where some people if they feel they're like they don't have it they don't even consider themselves as having the possibility to gain confidence Mm -hmm. so I'm like if I can change that framing the way people think and go I can't I can't do that yet and I'm absolutely scared but you know what I've got radical confidence and radical confidence means taking a set of tools and moving forward, even when I don't feel confident. And so if I can, that, so when I wrote the book, I kept repeating to myself, what are the things that I can say and do that are very truthful to me, dig in those really hard things to, to talk about, but that will eventually create that change. And so I was thinking about that 14-year-old girl that one day will believe in themselves and not have to do 20 years of unwiring of the mindset that I've had to do in my own life to finally actually believe in myself and believe in what I'm what I can create. And you have your life to draw from because mm-hmm. you you got to watch yourself take those steps. That's what I was like so blown away just reading the whole story. I knew your story, but I'm not when you read it it's different and you're getting all the little little nuggets of, you know, what your dad would say to you and what the family, like how people perceived you. And then I always tell my friends, I'm like, you end up being what everyone around you thinks you should be. And then you get stuck. And then it's like, you don't know how to get out of it. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. And that's the hard thing about even just my story. So originally I was like, well, what do I have to talk about? Like I haven't really hidden rock bottom. And that's kind of where it actually started. I was like, huh. I didn't hit rock bottom. Is that why I spent eight years not changing my life? Oh. How many people have you interviewed, girl, that are just like, they're incredible, successful, and you're like, how did you do? And it's like, well, I hit rock bottom, and it ended up being, I had nothing to lose. Mm. And so people make massive changes in their lives, and their success comes with them taking a chance. And that chance gets activated by the idea they've got nothing else to lose. But what about the hundreds of millions of us who are living in what I call purgatory. purgatory mundane. I loved it. Purgatory the mundane. Yeah. Where my life is just freaking mundane, girl. I tell the story about how I was- The watching- stories kill me. Like the stories kill me. Oh my God, organizing sock drawers and just the, the, the grocery shopping. Just, it was the purgatory of the mundane. 
it was intense reading it. Like I kept was like, oh my God, I think I wrote oh my God a couple times mm. in the book last night. I was like, what in the heck? So, so explain like, you know, you were about to say some stories just now, go into it. Well, just like, I didn't want to acknowledge how much my life had turned into a life I hadn't imagined. And being Greek Orthodox, my family was telling me every year growing up that my life will be complete once I get married. Mm -hmm. This thing my Aya used to say to me, every time I would fall on the floor and scrape my knee, she would come over in like her thick Greek accent. Oh, you'll be okay. By the time you get married, you'll be fine. You know, and it's like... Everything was about marriage, even a scraped knee. Yes, yes. But think about what that does to a young girl. Mm -hmm. It basically, over time, subliminally tells you your life is the whole purpose of it is to end up with marriage. And Mm -hmm. that's going to be your end goal. And as long as you can make it to your end goal, which is marriage, you'll be fine. And so that subliminal message, when I look back and go, how did I stay there for eight years? It was because the idea of being a supportive, stay-at-home Greek wife was embedded in me. And I never challenged it. So I would didn't challenge it. I was trying to fill up my day because I was so bored. And coffee bean runs. (laughs) Here's the thing, girl. When you're that bored, you have to fill up your day because otherwise what happens? You start to look around like, is this really my life? Mm -hmm. And asking that question sometimes is just too hard to ask. It's sometimes too hard to ask. Is this actually the life I wanted? Because if the answer is no, now you have to address it. And if you have to address it, then there might be a whole load of other uncomfortable things that come your way. Yeah, which the mean, conversation with your husband and yeah. So it became very, so my day literally was clean, organize your socks drawer, go to Costco, watch Maria Menounos on E! <laughs> on Access Hollywood. <laughs> I literally, and I would live vicariously through you and I tell the story because it's such a, that was why like, even just being here today is so freaking meaningful to me, girl. So meaningful. Because if I can be an example, it is that who you are today doesn't dictate who you can become. Mm, write that down. Whew. And this is a beautiful example of that. That one day I was at home watching you on TV, living vicariously through you, feeling like I'd given up on my dreams, my hopes, my life, and that my future would be exactly where I was and that nothing could change because I didn't, I thought I needed the confidence to change my life. And here I am, what, 10 years later, 2010 is when we started Quest, so 12 years later, hanging with my homie on your freaking show. Mm -hmm. Like the possibilities and that's the thing that I'm trying to do with this book is how do you get to the people who are stuck, that haven't hit in the rock bottom, that don't necessarily feel like they can, they deserve to ask for more. Let's talk about gratitude for a second, girl. Mm-hmm. I used gratitude so much as a way to self-soothe. The problem is I think gratitude is what also kept me there for eight years. Ooh. We hear so much about gratitude being the magnet, right, for the things that you want to come but you never hear that it could actually be the anchor that keeps you there too. Because think about it for a second, right? We use gratitude in moments of feeling down, despair, lost. Like it it gets you to reframe things. Instead of looking at the negative things in your life, you're looking at the positive things and that's beautiful. But the problem is, what if you do that day in, day out for the rest of your life? Are you actually ever asking for more? 
And what I realized was I was using gratitude every time I would feel sad about what my life had turned into being. Like, I love my husband, but I didn't want to put clothes out for him. That wasn't my life's, you know, what I thought I was going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to make movies and be in Hollywood, you know, and here I was putting clothes out for my husband. And in those moments, I just had to look at the situation. And so every day I was telling myself, right, like, just keep going, keep going, Lisa. You've got a husband that loves you. And every time I would think about, well, hang on a minute, you came to LA to make movies with your husband and you're not doing it. It was like, well, hang on, why am I focused on the negative? No, be positive. Be grateful for the fact that you have a husband that loves you. Be grateful for the fact that you have a roof over your head. Now, because of that, I then never said, but what about this? And what I realized, girl, is you can be so freaking in love, like over the, over the moon, head over heels in freaking love with certain parts of your life and be utterly dissatisfied with other parts of your life. And you have every freaking right to ask for more in one part of your life, even if you're completely satisfied in others. And I think when I look back now, what kept me stuck, it was that was such a big part of it. Yeah. Were you scared to tell Tom you were unhappy? Yes. And what's weird is it's really revealed over time because I didn't even realize how unhappy I was. And that's petrifying because the mind is so powerful and the mind self-soothes. And so in those moments, I kept going back to gratitude, which would fill those moments of, okay, you're fine, Lisa, you're fine. And it wasn't until we started Quest and I got out of just putting clothes out for my husband and I started to be challenged because we grew at 57,000%. So I went from shipping bars on my li living room floor and within two years we were shipping out $80 million worth of inventory. I had 40 employees underneath me and I had no idea what I was doing, but I just figured it out. But it was that journey of being putting myself under pressure, being challenged, stepping out of my comfort zone that when I eventually faced myself. And what I mean by that is every time I gave myself an excuse of why I couldn't do something, when you're starting a startup and your house is on the line, you got no excuses. You got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. And that's mm -hmm. what ended up happening. And so that's what I mean by I faced myself. I had to challenge myself and go, all right, Lisa, what do you want to do? Yeah. If you want to make movies, this is your route, right? Yeah. If you want to get to your goal, you got to do this interim bridge. That's what Kevin always talks about. He goes, sometimes people think like, okay, this is my dream. This is the only way to go after it. He goes, sometimes you have to do a lot of shitty steps in between to get to it. And people don't realize that it's just, you know, Santa isn't coming and it isn't just this direct route. When you want something that everybody wants, it's, it's a little bit harder. Like yeah. there's no A plus B equals C in Hollywood. <laughs> there just isn't. So sometimes you have to go around, yeah. squiggle, up, down. There's there's no formula. It's like if you want to be a doctor, there's a formula. You want to be a lawyer, mm. there's a formula. There's no formula to being in this industry. There just isn't. Yeah. And to add to that, there's no guarantee of success ever. Even if you've had one success over you, under your belt, like you may have a million other failures. So if we all know success is never guaranteed, if we mm. can just all agree on that, but can we all agree if you're trying something, the struggle is guaranteed? 
Yes. So if we know that, that we know the struggle's guaranteed, but the success isn't, are you freaking having fun? And are you learning things all along the way? Because that became my my main focus is like, okay, yes, we want the company to succeed. But each time, every time I fail, have I learned from it so that I can move on? That was the key. Am I able to move on? Or is this failure going to now haunt me for the rest of my life and dictate who I feel like I am, right? And so I will hold on to that. I know myself. I know that if I didn't... Ha- keep going I would forever say to myself I'm the person that fails Mm. and so how do you shift that mindset keep going until you start to find a way to be proud over those failures and so those failures ended up going oh I failed amazing I'm the kind of person that gets back up when I fail and so I started to hold my identity to the person that gets back up and now you can imagine what that does to me. Every time I fall on my knees, every time I fail, because we said success isn't guaranteed, every time I fail, I use it as an encouragement to go, yes, now's the opportunity for me to show myself that I'm the person that gets back up. Ooh, I love that. So if we can walk back the company you guys, that Tom was working in before, yeah. and you were housewifing, before that transition in a quest, how did you have that conversation? Because I think anybody who's listening, who's in a moment or in a situation like that where they have to go tell the person in their life they're not happy anymore. That's the terror because it's the unknown. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know if everything's going to now blow up. You've got a little rickety kind of ship, right? And everything just might (laughs) blow up and now it's even worse. Now you're like on a life preserver. I mean, that's how the mind goes. So true. So I always approach it to say, okay, tennis. You've got one person on one side of the net, another person on another, or you've got doubles. We're on the same side together. And so I go, okay, what kind of game am I playing with my husband? I'm playing the game where he's on the same side to me. Okay, what does that mean? It means that we both have the same goal, win this game together. Okay, great. It means that when I miss a ball, he's got my back, right? Tennis, you've got the other person that's hitting if you miss. And so I go, okay, if I know I'm in this, we're in it together and we're in it to win, win being our relationship is successful and we're happy. If I'm not happy, then half of our team is broken. Mm -hmm. And as my other half of a team player, if he truly wants the game of us to win together, we're going to figure out as a team how I get better, how I show up. And so I approached it like that. I didn't kind of say to Tom, hey, look, I'm unhappy and it's because of this and this is what we has to change. It was explaining. So as I started to quest, because it was, all right, babe, you're completely unhappy. I cannot anymore after these eight years, I just cannot keep going. It's gotten to the point now where it's affecting our relationship. And we both agreed Remember, we love each other and we agreed that our relationship is number one. And now our acts are actually potentially fracturing the goal that we both agreed on. And do you think that it's working? Because if you think it's working, then that's the discussion we have to have because I don't think it's working. But if you also don't think, we have to come together immediately and say, what are we going to change? Because we are not right now on that same path. And so we had that discussion. I loved it. You were like, let's go to Greece. Yeah. And it was, (laughs) but now here's the problem. Even in that, I was saying, what's going to make him happy? Because he was miserable and he was bringing it home. And Mm -hmm. that's what made me bring it up. And so I thought, let's just change our location. How many of us think if you just change the location, then all your problems are going to go away. And quit this. Yeah. Quit this. 
Let's change the location. But it's not just that. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Diehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. No, it's not just that. And the great news was it ended up the way the the whole thing turned out. I basically said, hey, look, I'm not happy. And at this point, it's affecting our relationship. And if we can agree our relationship is the most important thing, then what are we going to do right now to fix it? And so I was like, I don't care about money. I don't care about success. I need my husband back. And so that meant he went into the tech company that he was helping build right before Quest and he quit. Now in quitting, his business partner said, oh yeah, we're unhappy too. Let's start something else. Now that catalyst ended up being Quest Nutrition. But for me, I still didn't admit though to Tom, I was unhappy. So uh, unhappy of the role I was playing. Oh, you just said it's, you're not happy in general. I didn't say it was because of being a housewife because I still didn't realize it. Oh. So then Quest comes along and I'm like, well, I'm a good Greek housewife, babe. How can I help you? And so he was like, well, look, if you don't mind just shipping bars of my living room floor and, you know, because we still have to work this full-time job, this is going to be our startup gig on the side. And because you're the only one that doesn't work, if you don't mind just doing all of this. <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll like ship bars for my living room floor. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was yeah. like, of course, I'm helping out my husband. I loved your strategies on how to make it. Uh, by the way, all of your strategies made me laugh where it was like, how can I carry as many bags as possible <laughs> to like, and you, the competitions, right? Like when yeah. we were cleaning nightclubs, I did the same thing. I was like, how quickly I would t- stop watch myself. How quickly can I get the trash bags on all the barrels on my roller skates. And then I would like race around this huge nightclub that fit like thousands of people. And I would come up with these games. So I had such a connection with that. But even with the bars, you're like at the post office. Okay. Or or when you were shopping, you're like, okay, four pens cost this. You were doing, you were reasoning things out. Yeah. It becomes like this challenging yourself is like this little gamification. And so 
as we started Quest, it was like, it was the only way I knew how, because I'd been doing it for eight years as a housewife to distract myself, gamification, right? It was like, oh, how many, much money can I save over here to keep me occupied? And, you know, how many socks can I, like you, what you were saying, how many can I fold quickly in one mm -hmm. minute or whatever? Um, and so that really, as I started to help with Quest, it became more just a distraction for me at first. And then every day I was like, oh my God, I can actually do this. I didn't realize, oh my God, I was capable and that started to um, show me, it highlighted how unhappy I was on the other side. And what's that's actually, in real time, I've actually just made a realization that- I just felt it. <clears throat> right? That our happiness is dictated by almost like our everyday acts. Mm -hmm. And I never realized I was unhappy until I brought an element of happiness to my life. Huh. That's yeah. And also- you wouldn't have seen it if you weren't building your confidence because then as you're building your confidence, you have the confidence to look inside. Mm, that's interesting because we ignore our insides when we don't feel good about ourselves. That's what I was feeling when you were saying that. I was like, oh my God, she was gaining a little confidence and then being like, hey, wait a second. Go, hey, that's strong. wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not if you're not in a good place, it's it's doing those little things to start getting you to see clearer. Yeah. And you're only going to see clearer if you have a little bit of belief in yourself, a little bit of confidence, a little bit of value, which how many of us really understand our value. It's always a problem. So you started to value yourself a little bit because you're like, I can do this. And then it's like, well, wait, how come then why am I being relegated to just this? Yeah. That's so fascinating. I love discoveries like this in real time. Me too. Um, because value is such an important thing. Like how many of us look extern for external validation? You know, I mean, going back to what I was saying about the being the good Greek wife, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, the validation of being the good Greek wife. Um, and because I wasn't getting validation from anywhere else within myself, I was looking for that validation to fill that hole. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And then as you start to progress and feel good about yourself, you can actually look back and notice, yeah. Because sometimes that actually that that time period is hard to an assess and analyze if you still feel badly about yourself. Mm -hmm. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. So it's building blocks. Yeah. And that's actually a hundred percent. And that's when I wrote the book, I was like, it needs to be building blocks because I'm assuming that someone's coming into the book, not necessarily knowing what their dream may be, not knowing what their goal may be, because they haven't even gone beyond their own belief system that exists right now. Yeah. And so I use my own experience as more like a story as to take people through like how, like, look, 
I didn't even realize I was doing this. I didn't think this. And these are the fundamental things you even said earlier, like these tiny little building blocks. Because uh -huh. it's these tiny things that I'm like, but how did you do it? Because there's one thing to say, I believe that I could. Yes. Or is another even thing to say, I didn't believe I could, but I did it anyway. But how? When you how? say you don't freaking believe in yourself, mm -hmm. when you wake up and you look in the mirror, what's that thing that you're telling yourself? I went, I, don't, I didn't write this in the book actually, but yo, years, I went, I would walk past the mirror and just insult myself. And I didn't even realize I was doing it mm. until I started working on my mindset. And then I like interviewed a few people about body dysmorphia. I realized I, I walk past the mirror and go, oh, your, your ass is flat. Oh God, you look terrible today. It's just a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. How many of us do that? Like automatically. Yeah, it's not doing anything for your confidence or, or even your vibration. Mm. You just stay in a really low vibration. We were talking about that earlier. But, you know, we had Brendan Burchard on the show oh, recently. He's, he's in an episode upcoming. Um, Brendan Burchard had said, you got to start small. Yeah. You got to be okay with starting small. And I think that that is the scary part for people, right? Um, is, is the restart, the reinvention, or even just all right, I got to start somewhere. And, and that is where you gain your confidence because you get a little momentum and a little momentum and a little momentum. And that's kind of just what I see there is, is what he was saying is you got to be okay with starting small. And that's what you did. A hundred percent. Cause that was the thing from quest to impact theory. We started to realize with quest, it was amazing for people who had already made the decision to eat healthy. Right? People had something to go to. Okay, amazing. But then at the same time, I had my mum. And my mum was like morbidly obese. And I would say, like, mum, you know, we'd built the finances. I was now financially in the situation. I kept saying, mum, I can hire you a chef. I can hire you a private coach. Like, let me know what you need. And her response kept being like, I can't, I'm too old. I can't, I'm too old. And that's when it started to realize it's about the mind. And so here we were at Quest helping people with the body. But what about the people, the, con the idea of them even picking up a Quest bar doesn't even register because they can't even believe in themselves to believe they're good enough to pick up a Quest bar. And so that becomes the small steps is that it doesn't matter where you are on your radical confidence journey. If you have a goal and you assess where you are, let's say you are on a fitness um, journey and that's like your goal okay you know what I want to go to the gym I want to be able to lift weights I want to like feel really good about myself that's going to be my goal maybe that's just way too audacious to even contemplate mm -hmm. maybe right now what you need is that small little win and it's like you know what today I'm just going to put my sneakers by the bed you don't even have to put them on put them by the bed and give yourself a freaking pat on the back that you're doing tiny little steps on your way to building the life you want. And that's the thing, going back to like, success isn't guaranteed, but the, the journey and the struggle is. So what does that journey look like? Don't beat yourself up that you're not freaking lifting or deadlifting 200 pounds, right? You can be in that death spiral of beating yourself up and oh my God, I didn't do what I should have done and blah, blah, blah. Or you can say, what are the small wins on the way so mm -hmm. that I can feel good even if I never get there? And so that may be today putting sneakers by the bed. Tomorrow, that may be wearing the sneakers. The third day may be filling up the, the, the car full of gas because now you're telling yourself, I'm going to commit to driving to the gym. Maybe next time it's you get to the gym and you apply, you make an, do an application, fill one out, but you don't actually go. 
Like, what are those steps that you can incrementally mm-hmm. take to your point and Brendan's point of giving yourself that pat on the back that feels very digestible, that doesn't feel overwhelming. And that's the freaking key because eventually the confidence comes from the competence. But you have to get competent first. How do you get competent? By making those small little steps in the right direction. Yeah. And you need some inspiration because you, what you believe will be. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe it's possible, right? Like I remember when I was 40 pounds heavier, I would grab the side of my thigh and be like, how, how does this go away? This is actual mass on my body. How does this leave? Mm-hmm. And then I did exactly what we we're talking about. I one little step, one little step, one little step. And then eventually that mass went, mm-hmm. but you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta believe that it can happen. So when we talk about mindset, what are your tips for getting a better mindset. I'm always about cultivating a mindset. I'm always about self-awareness first. Like you just got to know where you're starting from. So for me, I was like, take, you know, if I could give some suggestions, like take a week, take a notebook and say like, what are the things that you're struggling with? Maybe it's validation or maybe it's um, believing in yourself. Okay, so maybe you're not sure. You're like, okay, I know I need to believe in myself. I hear what they're saying. I totally understand why, but I just don't right? That's where um, some people may be. Okay, great. Spend the next week writing down all the times in moments and how and whys when you say, I can't, it's not possible. No, instead of yes. Like what are those moments? And then start with no judgment. Everything I always say is no judgment because the whole point is to never beat yourself up about the way you actually are and just accept that. And now say, I accept it, but how am I going to change it? Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you're writing down this journal and you're writing down all these things and you notice it's like, oh, well, I can't do that. Okay. Make that note. Where does that belief come from? Well, last week I did it and I realized that I wasn't capable. Okay. You're not capable yet. Can we agree on that? Yes. So, okay, add the word yet to that phrase, I can't do that. And now it changes the way you see some things. But that's not only it. You can't just stay there and go, oh, now I believe in it. Now it's what do I need to do to get there? What are the skill sets I have to build in order to do that? And so that takes you out of that feeling of, am I capable? Can I really do it? Or I'm supposed to know it. Yes. That's the worst is like, I'm supposed to know this. I feel like all of us feel like we're supposed to know everything and you're not. Yeah. That's what life's about is learning these things and, and finding other people who may know them better than you. Yeah. And also then who, who you're finding, actually, that's a great idea, is then putting into perspective where you are compared to them. Like, I'm sure so many people go and reach out to you and like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You have so much confidence in front of the camera. But how long have you been doing this? Exactly. So now you've got someone that now they've realized, oh, I really want to create content. Like, I love that idea. I want to start my own YouTube channel. Oh, but I can't be Maria. Like, almost it's dismissive to you, girl, that you've put in 20 years yeah. of in front of the camera. Yeah. And so, of course, they're not going to be as good as you. They don't have 20 years under their belt. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And I actually think that's a beautiful thing to take a person who's doing that thing and say, how, how long have they been doing it for? What are the stepping stones they've done? I bet you any money, if I went back to the very first pieces of video mm-hmm. new content you ever did, you would not be the person you are today. No, we talk about it. Actually, recently I was saying how um, when I was with Howard and Beth uh, a couple summers ago, I remember talking about voice register. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to like my first videos or whatever, my voice was a lot higher. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that comes from a lack of confidence. You're not, you're rickety. You're just learning. You're just in there. You've been thrust into this new thing. And I was like, Howard, when I listened to your stuff and initially your voice registers super high too. Like it's so different how over the years, as you grow more and more confident in what you're doing and as you get more hours under your belt, your voice register goes lower and it comes right into here into this like sweet spot where there's no effort and that takes time. You can't really, maybe you can teach that. I mean, Elizabeth Theranos changed her voice. <laughs> but. Dude, that juice. is so freaking weird. This is a really exciting step forward. It was so freaking surreal. When you look at that footage. Yeah. Of before and after. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But I think it's, it's yeah, you're right. It takes, it takes time and you can't quit because you can't be like that. You got to start small yeah, and build your blocks because if you don't build the blocks, if somebody just magically waved the wand, this is what I tell people a lot because a lot of people throughout the years would be like, I want to do what you do. Okay, great. So here's the recipe. And they're like, yeah, but can't you just make the call? And it's like, Mm -hmm. you have to get your, your confidence and you have to learn by trial and error so that when you get the big gig, you're ready. If you get the big gig first, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you might pop yourself out of the equation faster than you could ever imagine. It's not about getting the big gig. It's about the journey to getting ready for the big Mm -hmm. gig. A thousand percent. And I actually tell a story about you in this book about that exact thing where it's like I came to you and your team and I asked you to be on my podcast and we got to know. Now, here's the thing. This was a good few years ago now and I was still fairly new in my hosting journey. And so in that moment, because I'd been doing the mindset stuff, I told myself, Lisa, this isn't about you. Actually, it's not a personal thing, but it absolutely is a reflection of where I am in my career. And you know what? I didn't take that personally. I was like, oh my God, actually, you know what? Maybe I'm not ready. And I have to be so freaking good that Maria Menounos can no longer ignore me. And so I spent an entire (laughs) year, I spent, I tell this story in the book, I spent the year, right, going, cool, Lisa, Like if Oprah had asked that, of course she would have said yes. So is this a reflection of your hosting? Yes. But you know what? That's okay. Because right now I cannot compare myself to Oprah. And actually right now I may not be ready to be good enough to interview Maria Menounos. And so keep practicing, keep working on that skill set and eventually be so freaking good that she can't ignore you. And that's what I end up doing. And I end up like working freaking hard. And I had you as my North Star and I kept going and I kept building the skill set until eventually I got on your show with my husband. And then, you know, as they say, everything is history. But it became that thing of if you can keep taking those stepping stones Mm -hmm. towards the goal in building the skill set, then to your point of when you get there, then you're actually ready. Yeah, because when I came on your show, you you were so prepared. You had the best interview, the best questions. So you were definitely more than worthy. But I also love the story about how you didn't take the rejection personally because eventually you found out why you got to know and that I didn't even have anything to do with it. I didn't even know. Yeah. Period. It, didn't even know the request came in, this which is- happens a lot in life. Yeah, you might is, send. Oh, sorry. You but, might send um, an email to the email address of somebody, and they may not monitor their own emails. Mm-hmm. It might be the CEO of Google, and you send them the same. They're like, "Oh, they rejected me. They didn't respond." Yeah, but did they even get it? You don't know. 
It's so, I honestly hold on to this story so much because it is the most beautiful, empowering story that I have that every time now someone says no, it's like, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily about you. So that was the thing. We then became homies. We were hanging out one night and I told you that story. I was like, do you know that you actually said no to me? And you're like, what? Yep. No. And you're like, when was this? So we sat down, we got our phones out and I think we figured out the timing and it was when your mom was really sick mm -hmm. and you had just been diagnosed with a tumor yourself. And in that moment, you're like, Lisa, I didn't even realize you reached out. I told my team to say no to anything I hadn't committed to and I was like oh my god this is the best story ever because for the last year I thought it was because I wasn't good enough now look I used it as empowering yep. empowerment but what if my mindset wasn't there yet that one little thing could have derailed my entire career because I thought it was about me. Yep. And I could have told the story about the fact that I was no good. Maria told me I was no good. She said no, that it was a reflection of my worth, Lisa. So you may as well stop doing it right now. Or I can take that exact same response and go, be so freaking good. They can't ignore you. Which one serves your goal? Exactly. But also the other layer that people don't think about is... You could have also held a grudge mm. and thought, what a bitch. And then what would we have lost out on? Mm. A really great friendship. Yeah. Because you created a story in your head. People yeah. create stories in their head all the time. I was telling you about another celebrity that we had said no to because I was in the same circumstances. And when we reached out and said, okay, we can do it. <laughs> they were like, nope. They're like pissed at you. And they were pissed. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate. I can't do much about it until I actually see the person and explain myself. Mm -hmm. But, um, but you know, you miss out on things by, by holding that kind of negativity when you don't even know the real story. Mm -hmm. So that's a good lesson to learn. All right, friends, we're going to take a break. Until tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to split this interview into two because we just kept talking and talking and talking. But the next episode, you're going to love. We're talking about dream killers. We're talking about self-sabotage. We're talking about how to get up on stage or give a presentation and not totally melt and collapse and, you know, in terror and all of her amazing tips on how to do just that. So that's it for this episode. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, also, and just, be present. Just in case you hear some dog feet, because that was pretty loud. Oh, perfect. So. <laughs> well, Kevin and Lisa just walked back in the studio, and Charlie as well. So, yes, in the meantime, hear dog steps, uh, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.